0: Welcome to the Light Reading podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading. And I'm
1: Gina Neenaber with Sienna. I am the director of Portfolio Marketing for the Routing and Switching Portfolio.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, Gina.
1: It's great to be here today, Kelsey. I'm really uh, excited to have a conversation with you.
0: Yeah, same here. Um, Before we dive into the topic, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Sienna.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm responsible for bringing the the, uh, routing and switching portfolio to market with my team uh, of excellent uh, portfolio advisors. And, um, you know, we um, we are uh, in in exciting times right now. And, um, you know, we have um, a plethora of new uh, purpose built platforms that support adaptive networking and adaptive IP, um, you know, with uh, with you know, next generation optimized routing capabilities. So uh, in a nutshell, I'm responsible for bringing uh, that portfolio to the market, to our customers.
0: Great. Yeah. Well, again, glad to have you here. And um, looking forward to talking to you about IP and optical convergence. So I recently listened in on a, a kind of lunch and learn that you had about that topic. So tell us a little bit about what is IP and optical convergence?
1: Well, I think um, we have to look at uh, IP optical convergence as one of many ways for our customers um, to address specific challenges that they're facing uh, with, their pres- with their present mode of network operations. Um, it's just one tool in the toolkit, if you will. That's what I always like to say. Um, they they want to support new rev revenue generating um, use cases, whether they be in uh, 5G, you know, mobile 5G, uh, virtualized enterprise applications, residential applications, and so they have real revenue opportunities and um, IP optical convergence is a way for them to transform and, um, and get to a place, a future mode of network operations that can help them uh, answer uh, some of these new revenue-generating opportunities. So, um, you know, what we have to remember is um, that all of our customers are in different places and uh, we have to ask them about their architecture and and how they uh, need to transform. It will be unique to them. And so IP optical convergence might mean different things to different people, Um, but, uh, as you know, Kelsey, we, we surveyed, uh, 220, uh, providers and we asked them to define IP optical convergence. Uh, and I think that's more of an interesting definition. Would you like to Mm -hmm. hear that?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. (laughs) And hear if you feel like, um, you know, how well people defined it. I'm, I'm always curious, uh, when, when we have, uh, you know, I've read surveys about defining SASE, for example, and it. It's interesting to see um, how people's answers kind of run the gamut. So, yeah, I would love to hear what they they had to yes. say. Yes.
1: So um, w- partnering with your research arm with Heavy Reading, we surveyed 220 service providers and many of which are CNS customers. So we had already spoken to them about this topic, but we figured we would let you speak to them and see uh, what they had to say about the subject. And 61% of them came back and said they define... IP optical convergence as the streamlining of uh, operations across IP and optical functions. And uh, to me, what that means, of course, that involves multi-layer intelligent software control and automation. And um, for such a long time, um, we've been hearing just one side of this IP optical convergence story that perhaps at its most basic level it's it's just all about streamlining and the simplification of the networking layers um, from layer zero to layer three, and of course, not only is there software options uh, to do that, but there's also hardware options. And and from a hardware perspective, there there have has uh, been continued innovation, and in, and uh, in digital uh, signal processing or DSPs, which. You know, now there's the miniaturization of electro optics that are enabling, you know, an integration of coherent technologies into routing platforms through what we call, you know, coherent, um, compact coherent pluggables. And so, um, but what we realized from the survey and from speaking to our customers constantly, uh, there's no one size fits all approach for IP optical convergence and economics, uh, based on their network reality, will drive deployment scenarios. And it'll depend on each customer what what deployment scenario Mm -hmm. they go with. So I think it's interesting. You you, you expect maybe one answer and you get another. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's many answers to the question, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people can uh, ace the quiz. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: it's a long way to say uh, it depends.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you you talked earlier about you know revenue benefits, and then also about um, streamlining uh, operations. Are there other um, you know important benefits uh, to service providers on that journey of IP and optical convergence?
1: Sure, sure. I mean, basically, our customers are asking us to help them build what we call like world-class adaptive networks to serve new opportunities at the edge of their network. You know, applications are getting closer and closer and closer to the user. Latency has never been so important. Uh, Round trip time to the cloud to access virtualized applications today is like so important. And, um, you know, when our customers look at their networks, they have to ask themselves, is my network next generation? Can, do I have an adaptive uh, adaptive network? At Siena, we call the route, routed network an adaptive IP network. And based on the answer to that question, um, and I think based on the reality of the situation we're in in the market, um, they got a, a definite signal, uh, real proof to how adaptive their network is with uh, the COVID um, pandemic, you know? So uh, you could just look at traffic patterns What they were uh, in late twenty twenty one or a late twenty twenty into twenty twenty one, and you could see that uh, so many people were at the enterprise, right? And um, there was capacity demand in one place in the network. Then all of a sudden, overnight, everybody went home. So um, the ability to adapt to that type of shift overnight would be really, really, really. Mm-hmm. But um, the the stern reality is is that traditional networks um, are, are very rigid right mm-hmm. and from and, and people were on this transformation journey uh, or you know they were digitally transforming uh, our customers were and um, in the midst of that transition and so things like virtualization, things like um, increasing uh, rapid service delivery overnight became like, You know, even more important, even though Mm -hmm. they were top of their priority list. So, our customers were already asking us to build these adaptive networks um, and based on optimized routing and and common intelligent control and automation, um, you know, with the ability to offload traffic to an intelligent photonic underlay when when needed. But, um, you know, the thing is, is like what we discovered, even in the survey, was that. Uh, they are fighting to stay relevant, of course, and staying competitive. Um, And so we said, what are your main business drivers? And we let them answer back. Higher network reliability, CapEx savings, and greater agility to deliver services were at the top of their list. That was no surprise to us. That's why at Sienna, our vision is to help our customers build adaptive networks so we can uh, help give them uh, higher network reliability, uh, capex uh, savings, as well as the this ability uh, to deliver uh, agile uh, deliver service in a more agile manner. So um, they also mentioned things like um, uh, increased services revenue, of course, mm-hmm. and opex savings for operational uh, opex savings and operational efficiencies, which really. Uh, is is uh, part of the IP optical convergence um, promise uh, for different places in the network where it makes sense. You know, and if you want to support new use cases, which our customers are telling us that they do, um, they need to uh, get to a future mode of operations that'll support uh, that, and um, and that's exactly what we're uh, we're here to do, is to help um, our customers on that on that journey.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned some benefits such as, you know, reliability and um, uh, CAPEX and OPEX savings. Um, Did in the survey, um, did respondents rank um, which of those types of benefits were most important to them?
1: Yes, um, I think the top three were were network reliability uh, Mm -hmm. for sure and agility to deliver to deliver services, I mean they're faced with competitive pressure that's beyond compare from from cloud service providers, uh, and that has been that's been the story for, I mean the la- at least the last decade. Like, yeah. how can we spin up services, uh, and how can we compete, and uh, how can we make uh, the the network more reliable, more adaptive, um, almost like uh, where we get to this point where uh, there's end to end. Uh, 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 An end-to-end uh, real-time uh, closed-loop automation type of environment, where you have purpose-built hardware that can use uh, uh, that's programmable, that can use streaming telemetry, and um, you know that's open has open interfaces that can you know really adapt on the fly, and um, this is the type of uh, type of network that you know, that's fully instrumented that, that, um, we're trying to help our customers build really founded on analytics and intelligence. So, so the network can like, uh, sense what's going on through programmable interfaces, uh, on purpose built hardware with, uh, you know, amazing software that, um, that can, uh, basically do software control and, uh, and, uh, intelligent automation. So, mm-hmm. these are the types of things that um, we're focused on uh, partnering with our customers, and uh, it's at the top of their priority list: yeah. higher network reliability, greater agility. That's exactly exactly what um, what Sienna is doing with the, with our customers.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you also working with customers on, um, I guess, sort of predictive analytics or? or- sensing things that could potentially be problems in the network um, before they arise and, and assisting your customers in addressing that?
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's the, that's the promise of building uh, uh, a next generation adaptive network. Um, you know common infrastructure this this when you have multiple um, multiple networks to serve multiple markets, you have uncommon infrastructure that is hard to, um, uh, mine information and data from, and then, it, you, you know, getting to this closed loop automation, uh, situation is almost impossible. So there's some, there's some, uh, next generation networking requirements and, and common infrastructure, universally aggregating services to reduce latency, um, uh, uh, you know, things like, um, uh, optimized routing, where we reduce the number of protocols uh, in in the network, the disaggregated principles, like putting the right software and hardware in the network where you need it, uh, multilayer convergence, like IP optical convergence, all of these things, uh, virtualization principles, even uh, open API so you can get information from the programmable infrastructure um, is so important to doing what you are talking about um, and real-time visualization where you can see it. If you can't see it, you can't automate it. And so all of these things are, you know, um, really, if you lift up the hood of the um, adaptive network Mm -hmm. and adaptive IP specifically on uh, Sienna's routing platforms, uh, this uh, this is all with that end game in mind you know, uh, automation, analytics, real time, uh, predictability with, uh, with our, our software control, which is MTP. Um, and so it's like the combination of all these things that really bring an adaptive network to life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that the point you made about if you, if you can't see it, you can't automate it. Um, having that network visibility, um, seems pretty critical as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's, um, there's no way to, uh, to build these uh, adaptive networks without without that type of visibility Mm -hmm. from layer zero to layer three, right? IP being layer three uh, all the way from optical uh, layer zero to to layer three. So um, I think if you would talk to um, some of the Siena fellows uh, that look at network control and planning, how do we operationalize these new environments? They would be talking to you about how do we tackle congestion uh, with Mm -hmm. uh, converged ip optical automated capacity engineering like how do we take what we know about uh, the optics and what we know about the ip network and and how do we take that and really um, capitalize uh, on that information so we can do automated congestion control or capacity engineering, you know, there's a fiber cut. And since you have visibility of the IP layer and the optical layer, now you can make different decisions than you've ever made before about your network. Um, And think about it, if if that was the type of network that was built and all of the users ran home uh, because of the pandemic and you could just switch capacity in your network from one place to the other, how awesome that would have been for our customers.
0: Yeah, so that that kind of feeds into uh, my next question, which was, you know, were there new challenges that arose for Sienna in in working with your customers uh, as many people – left and, and are utilizing the home network more. And now it's sort of shifting to this hybrid distributed workforce where folks are um, on premise in the office, but also working from home. Uh, what kind of challenges arose there and, and, and how are you working with your customers on that?
1: You know, I think for us, it was really at first a paradigm shift. I mean, internally uh, at, at Sienna, we had to shift to work from home as well. So um, for me, Uh, Not much changed, right? Because I've been (laughs) working from home for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of my colleagues were used to, um, you know, working from the office uh, and having water cooler discussions and solving problems real time. And so uh, I think we all, across the industry, no matter what industry we were in, um, moving to home, uh, people that weren't used to working remotely had to learn to work remotely. And, um, you know, our customers, what they had to deal with is, they had uh, demand uh, stranded at the enterprise location in their network. So they, they had built the network over time for people to leave home in the morning and go to work at, at their enterprise location. And so um, plenty, of, uh, plenty of bandwidth there built out over time to support that, uh, that traffic flow. And, uh, of course at night people would, would go home and be with their families and they would, um, watch Netflix, maybe, uh, surf the web, um, maybe do some online shopping, you know, you name it, um, norm- maybe some light gaming and overnight then, uh, all of a sudden there's stranded capacity in the enterprise mm-hmm. and it's like, and, and with the, uh, inability to move that, 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 that capacity to the, the edge of the network, um, to uh, the small office, home office, and you know, it must have been um, uh, very difficult to overnight see that, and then the rapid, you know, we, we really helped our customer customers beef up demand in this in this new uh, place in the network. So together, um, we got through it, and uh, together we're still addressing, uh, helping them build out uh, more adaptive networks as we go along. Um, because it's not going to stay this way forever either mm-hmm. right i mean right now i'm at, out here uh in san jose and i drive uh through um the valley and it is it is so striking to me i mean it's really unbelievable all the parking lots are empty yeah. I mean, completely empty and there you know there was only a few of us that met up for this really critical item um at in in the office and it's like it's it's very uh, it can't stay like this forever, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, it's a point- real
0: feeling. I, I had a um, an interview a few months ago and it was in the um, Research Triangle Park area, um, some based in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's where like, you know, Cisco and IBM and a lot of companies like that are based. And it was just so weird seeing these massive parking lots and only a few cars. It was like a ghost town.
1: Right, and, and what you have to think of, Kelsey, is like uh, cars equal people, equal mm-hmm. uh, network demand, right. No cars, no net- <laughs> no people, no access of network. capacity's there, and now those people are not. they're over here, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at home, and um, so it was quite a challenge to shift. I had already had a very uh, large interconnect- internet connection at home because I've been working from home for quite some time, but even I noticed that, um, things slowed down for a minute mm-hmm. until, uh, capacity was shifted. And so really what we're talking about with adaptive networking is to be able to automatically shift, mm-hmm. um, resources, uh, based on, you know, the ability to sense and act and, um, through software control and automation. And, and, um, I think the the IP optical convergence story is really, um, and the implementation over time, as our customers start adopting, it, is really about intelligent control and automation from layer zero to layer three and, and, and a tool to realize that vision of an adaptive network. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so much larger than just the, the hardware technology itself. It's 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 way, way bigger than that. And and for each of our customers, it's going to be different. Um, we, we say, and it's kind of silly, but we say no one size fits all Mm -hmm. um, approach to IP optical convergence that when we help our customers um, converge uh, we're helping them converge their network reality because everybody's reality is different and they all want to capitalize on these new use cases so Mm -hmm. we're just going to partner with them uh, to help uh, determine help them determine what the best economic decision is based on their Mm -hmm. their business need and their current technology I mean, you don't want to just rip technology out just to rip it out,
0: right? right. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense.
1: So um, we're there to help them along along this journey. Yeah. And so um, that's where we're at right now.
0: Great, yeah. I, I feel like we could talk about this much longer, but I know we're coming up on time and we'll definitely have to have you on again soon. And thanks so much for joining me, Gina.
1: Yes, I, I appreciate the time today, Kelsey. Thanks. <music>